Welcome to the Crossroad International Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us. It is our prayer that God will use this message to bring comfort to those who are hurting, give hope to those who find themselves in what seems to be a hopeless situation, and to encourage the one who is struggling through a difficult season of life. For more sermon audio, resources, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit CICKuwait.com. We'd love to hear from you. thank you for this wonderful time that we've had to come into your presence and to sing some of our favorite songs for Christmas and just to glorify the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your love that went beyond anything we could imagine, anything we could have ever dreamed. Father, we ask it today as we look at your word and talk about the love that sent Jesus. Father, we ask that you would be with each one of us, that you would lead us and guide us, and that, Father, you would open our hearts to your word. And, Father, I pray for everyone that has come into this place today, and we ask that you would meet with each one of us, that, Father, you would take our worries, our anxiety, anxieties, even our desires, our plans, and that, Father, you would show us today that it's not about us, but it's about Jesus, and we give you the honor and the glory in Jesus' name, amen. For those that are visiting today, I'm Steve, one of the pastors here with Dell, and we are so glad that you have come, and to be with us, I just want to take a few minutes and share just a short message that love is what Christmas is about. Uh, Kath and I just got back from the U.S. where we spent four weeks with our kids and had a great time. Got in, we woke up to snow the first morning. We left in snow the last day and had snow all in between. So we got our fill of snow for quite a while. We noticed something as we were going through all of the stores that even before Thanksgiving, in the middle of November, they were getting ready for the Christmas hype. The commercialization of Christmas in the West is unbelievable. Christmas shopping starts on Thanksgiving Day. Thursday afternoon of Thanksgiving... All of the sales start at 4 o'clock. From 4 o'clock until midnight, just online using cell phones, $3 billion worth of goods were bought for Christmas. Then they have what they call Black Friday, which is the day after Thanksgiving. Then somebody came up with Cyber Monday, which is the Monday after Thanksgiving. And then it goes on and on, and on. But I want to share with you today that that's not what Christmas is all about. It's not deals and shopping and presents. There was one present that was given on on Christmas Day that we are here to celebrate, and it was all about love. 
I want you to turn to one of the most famous passages of Scripture. Most of you can probably say it by memory, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so I just want to go through this Scripture and share with you that Christmas is about love. Our love is what Christmas is all about. And God is the origin of love. We see there it says, for God so loved. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And then 1 John 4, 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. 1 John 4, 19. We love him because he first loved us. You're going to notice something in this message today. It's a little different than the way I normally preach. I'm going to let Scripture speak for itself and let Scripture preach this message for me, if that's okay. There's not going to be a lot of my thoughts and ideas. It's going to be basically Scripture today to prove what God wants us to understand that love is what Christmas is about. And then it says that all people are the objects of God's love. For God so loved the world. It doesn't say God so loved some. God so loved the world. He hates sin, but loves people. Here's an awesome thought. God loves me despite myself. Think about that. God knows what I've done, and he still loves me. Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Not the iniquity of some, but the iniquity of us all. In 1 John 2, 2. And he himself is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the entire or the whole world. And 1 Timothy 2, 5 to 6. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. God is not impartial. God sent his son for every one of us. There's no one left out. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl that has ever lived or will ever live was loved by God enough to send his son. And then God expressed his love by giving for God so loved the world that he gave 
his only begotten son. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And Romans 8, 3 and 4. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. And then 1 John 4.10, In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Love started with God. All people are the object of God's love, and God demonstrated his love by giving Jesus Christ. And then salvation is the outcome of God's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. For this expression of God's love to have meaning in my life I must accept it, believe in Jesus, and take him to be my Lord and my Savior. We must receive him personally by faith, and then we must trust him with our future. Every person has a choice to make today. We either believe and accept him, or we don't believe and we reject him. There's nothing in between. Acts chapter 4, verses 10 through 12. Let it be known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, which became the chief cornerstone. Verse 12, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us, that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. And then lastly, Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also 
for the Greek. So God is the origin of love. God is love. That's his nature. That's his characteristic. We are the object of that love. And God demonstrates the love that he has for us by paying a price that he did not owe because we owed a debt that we could not pay. And the result of that is our salvation, being able to accept Jesus as our Savior and to live for him. But if we don't do anything with it, it doesn't do us any good. I had an old aunt that she and her husband were married for many, many years, never had any children. And when she passed away, my dad and I went to her house to kind of clean out everything in her house. And we went into the back of her garage, and there was a closet. And in the closet was full of wedding presents that had never been opened. Think about that. Sixty-something years of marriage, and she still had wedding presents in the closet that she had never opened. And now she's gone. She never enjoyed the gifts that people gave her. And some of you are kind of chuckling. You can't believe how somebody could do that. But how many people on earth today have stuck in the closet in the back of their garage the gift of God that was given to the entire world and they've never opened it. They've never experienced it. They've never enjoyed it because it wasn't important enough. So you and I today, we must respond to the love of God. Ephesians 5, 2. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. John 15, 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So how do we respond today to the love of God? There's some steps that each one of us need to take. First, we need to be thankful for the gift. I am so thankful that Jesus paid the debt that he did not owe because I owed a debt that I could not pay. Today, my heart is full. My heart is thankful for the love of God and the gift that he gave. My second response to God's love should be generosity. I give generously because God gave abundantly. We are made in the image of God. God is a giver, and we are givers. My third response to the love of God in this Christmas gift 
is I must make a commitment. Jesus gave his life for me. Therefore, I will gladly live my life for him. That's easy to say, but I'll have to tell you, I struggle sometimes wanting to live my life for me. Am I the only one? Or I want to live my life for my family rather than always living my life for Jesus. And then lastly, my response to the love of God and the Christmas gift, after I'm thankful and I give generously and I've made that commitment to live for him, I make a proclamation. I will share the message of God's love. It is sad to think that those who don't believe reject the very one who loves them the most. We must love others. At the end of what we do, Pastor Dell's going to come up and give you some instructions of how you can practically do that today. We've got some gift bags that we want to give out to people in need in Kuwait, and we want you to help us with that. And that is one way to proclaim the good news of Jesus. I want to encourage you this holiday season, don't get so caught up in the hype and the commercialization of Christmas. You know, we're in a country that um, that's not a big holiday, but you go to the stores and it's all there. Why? Because of the commercialization of Christmas. It's all about let's make the money. But for us, it's not about the stuff. It all centers around Jesus. Share with your family, your friends, your co-workers, the greatest gift that you've ever received. Doesn't matter what kind of earthly possessions you've received, what kind of gifts you've gotten, the greatest gift you've ever received was the gift of love when God sent his son to die for us. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. Father, I thank you that even as our brochure talks about the ultimate gift that was unwrapped on Christmas. Father, I think of even that little gift wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, the Savior of the world. Father, I thank you today so much that even though we were your enemies, even though we were sinners, you still loved us so much that you gave your only son. Father, we thank you that every one of us today has the opportunity to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
If you're in this room today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior and you would like more information about that, see myself or see Dell after the service and we'll be glad to talk to you. What a special Christmas it would be is if this Christmas you receive the greatest gift the world has ever known, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And Father, we just thank you for once again touching your people. Father, I thank you for all of the hard work that went into the choir presentation and I ask that you would bless them for their sacrifice all the instrumentals and the vocals and everything that was done today. Father, it was all done to bring glory and honor to you and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ till he comes. Father, in a moment as we leave this place and we go about our regular activities, let us never forget to be thankful, to be generous, to commit to Jesus and to proclaim him every day. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.